Good businessman John Hastings, and today I'm joined by bad comedian, bad businessman, shallow penist, thick bald Dylan Gott. Oh, the luck of the Irish, little nipple dick, and a big set of fucking bean bags. I'm Dylan Gott. We're talking about Vince McMahon Sr. Vince again. McMahon this time, Sr. part three. The man who claimed to inventing rimming, he claimed to invented that. He used to go... <laughs> did he, you think? He did. He used to go down to the Italian area of New York and say, feast on this, ladies, and they would then beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only sensible thing is that I clean your butthole with my liquor. Um, hello, ladies. My name's Vince Sr. Suck on my ass. Bah! 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 Ah! 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 Little do you know, this actually gives me a boner. I'm in such control in my life. Being out of control in an alley with some Italian women is making me satisfied. (laughs) I've taught myself to ejaculate without touching my penis because that way I can get business done with my hands. I actually had them reroute my tear ducts to my testicles. So when I jizz, those are tears. I'm (laughs) the opposite of weak. (laughs) 1963, Vince McMahon Sr. is knee-deep in uncharted waters. He's untethered from the AWA. At the helm of a million-dollar territory, beholden to multiple athletic commissions, New York, Maryland, and Pennsylvania, and putting out two goddamn weekly TV shows a fucking week. Shit, fuck. Toots Mondit is uh, known as the key figure in the operation, and the first order of business, of course, is to get some clarity about Buddy Rogers' uh, title status. What do they do there? How has Buddy Rogers become a goddamn They champion? get him on a plane. They get him to Rio de Janeiro. He has a tournament yes. with a variety of wrestlers, names withheld to provide security for them because they lost so badly they were declared bitches in the eyes of the American government. Yeah. There's a, there's a kumite basically held, and Buddy Rogers comes out alive. Which one's a kumite? That's what they have in um, Bloodsport. Yeah. <laughs> I was always more of a Golden Dragon fan myself. <laughs> kumite. There's a guy who actually tried to do a kumite and he got beat up. Fred Kohler starts advertising Moose Cholak as the heavyweight champion. If you see a picture of Moose Cholak, he's basically as viscera's body when he was Big Daddy V, but a mustache, and he's white. Mm. And this is the 50s. Do you know how hard it is to get viscera's bodies in a time before corn syrup? <laughs> he just ate bread all day. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, this is buttermilk, bits of furniture. Like, you have to go That's out of funny. your way. When were Doritos made? I'm going to say 60s. The 60s is the beginning of refined sugar. No, 70s. Doritos in the 60s? Absolutely not. Most of America would have been like... Uh, I do not go in for, like, you ever remember, like, Italian food was, like, the equivalent, like, was ethnic crazy food until the 80s. Are you claiming that Doritos are Italian food? No, I'm claiming that Doritos fall under, like, uh, what the hell, these potato chips are spicy like my gardener. Get them out of my goddamn house before my daughter gets pregnant. <laughs> you know, Italian food, spaghetti, meatballs, and of course Doritos. Yeah, <laughs> Italian food, burritos. Chimichangas, curries. <laughs> so there was actually a third champion, Dory Dixon, who beat Bruno, or sorry, Buddy Rogers for the WWF title on March 28th. Vince Senior actually considered having three claimants to the titles, uh, but there were so many challenges because of coordinating the cities and dealing with three guys who think they are the heavyweight champion. That, of course, comes to a head April 21st, 1963. Buddy Rogers has a heart attack, but they keep him in the fucking ring, goddammit. Goddamn right. Yeah, unless unless you're dead, you keep wrestling. Welcome to the human carnival. The acrobats are your soul. (laughs) Uh, He seems that uh, he's broken his leg off there. He's bleeding out. That's good. It'll add a lot of... He's got heat now. Now he's got heat. Now he's got heat, baby. Everyone's going to be so upset when he dies. Yeah. 
he's dying in the ring. We've assured that. Yeah, I'm gonna. Oh, I'll be charging admission to his funeral to his family. The referee's trying to save him, but he's dying. Good, he'll be over as a heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The referee will be a heel now. That's two heels. This is a storyline in 50s wrestling. I let a man die in the ring. We joke about this, but there literally was Ox Baker, who we talked about, who every promo... He ki- a guy died in the ring of causes n- not... <laughs> that would be like if um, the Godfather, after Owen Hart died, was like, I killed Owen Hart and I'll kill you. <laughs> Wait, was it the Godfather or D'Lo Brown he was wrestling? It was the Godfather. Intercontinental title, baby. Oh, yeah, and he was going to win the Intercontinental title, baby. Oh, it's good stuff. Yep, and he pinned him anyway. Of course he did. As we all know. Yeah, it's... Got him on for the one, two, three, roll him out of the ring. Keep the fucking show going, baby. It's what Owen would have wanted. It's interesting. If you read out Owen Hart's autopsy, uh, hit by a hoe train was the initial cause of death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually uh, Pimp Drop was the official... <laughs> Pick him up, Pimp Drop him. Yeah. Uh, uh, doctor, I think he smoked too much of this big fatty. With this real bad pimp daddy. Oh, man. We see a lot of these cases. Yeah, he's passed out. Too much weed. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize he was a pussy. <laughs> oh, I'm going to write a uh, vagina man on his death tag or however McMahon, this works. I guarantee if Vince McMahon found out that Owen Hart died of being a vagina, he would have never settled that wrongful death lawsuit. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not with you. <laughs> Not with your kids. He was weak, and I am strong. <laughs> I would give a million dollars to watch the depositions from that trial. I guarantee you when it was like, uh, did you test the safety equipment? Vince McMahon had to be like, I do not believe in safety equipment. I have seatbelts removed from my cars. <laughs> if you die, that's because you're a fucking loser. 100%. A man to be a man has to survive a car crash. That's what my dad taught yeah. me. He he put me in 11 car crash. <laughs> 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 he, he had me just test out Volvos for an entire yeah, summer. Yeah, yeah, it was my yeah, job. Yeah. Um, in my family, going down to the lake meant dad was going to drink Ripple in the car and then just drive as close as he could to a truck on a highway and see what happens. <laughs> This is interesting, though, because the Rio de Janeiro tournament now wouldn't make sense, but back then did, because it was like, how are we going to get all these guys to job to Buddy Rogers? Oh, he just he beat him in a tournament. Yeah. Just saying that, and then they're like, he, I didn't lose. Because then they can't be like, I never lost. The tournament never happened. Then they fucking expose the business, baby. But this is also the thing. It's the old Jim Cornette. Who I guarantee Jim Cornette tried this in OVW. He's like, oh, the prototype is the television champion of OVW. He won a, t- he won a tournament in Canada. And I b- guarantee like 60% of them were like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> hey, uh, this, is, this is great because no one will ever do anything because uh, <laughs> no one's gone to Canada ever. Canada doesn't exist. Yeah, never forget Jim Cornette, the great protector. And I, it's, you know what? It's it's hard to admit, but Dylan Gott loves Jim Cornette. Dylan Gott agrees with that Ethiopian joke and does not think he should have been fired from the NWA. Uh, Jim Cornette can't... It's because all these free speech people. I li- or no free speech. Dylan Gott's weird in that he demands free speech for the people he likes, no speech for the groups and genders he disrespects. John is reading from his manifesto. Mm, don't need to read it. Have it committed to memory. And it's tattooed. Okay. John is reading from his new stand-up hour called Who I Really Am by John It's Hastings. called Alt-Right, Alt-Night. Um, yeah, yeah. Alt-Night, Alt-Right, yeah. baby. The sex book for conservatives. Yeah. First s- step. Close on for both of you. Yeah, colon. You thought Milo was bad? Wait till you le- get a load of me. <laughs> Bruno San Martino is being groomed, and not in the Jerry Lawler yeah, not way. not in the Dylan God way. <laughs> Damn it. We had the same joke. Not, not in the Jerry Lawler way to headline clubs all across the Northeast. And baby, after a, certain of un, uh, after a bunch of uncertainty, uh, he beats Buddy Rogers in 47 seconds because Buddy Rogers had a fucking heart yeah. attack. So he can't uh, be in the ring for that long anymore. But oddly... He, um, Buddy Rogers, that is, starts rest- starts only wrestling squash matches because they can't put him in the ring for very long because of the... Aforementioned heart attack. Yeah, the muscle that pumps blood around his body doesn't work, and it's the 60s. So in those, this is the time before surgery. It's just like, oh, you have a heart attack? Oh, you now die slowly. <laughs> 
Rogers was such a star uh, to McMahon. He ba- basically broke from the NWA to retain him as a champion. So he booked him super, super strong with the heart attack angle. And uh, ni- in June 1963, uh, so, oh, uh, Rogers such a star that uh, McMahon basically booked him as a hero. So when San Martino fucking beat him, isn't that so funny? Buddy Rogers was the fucking Brock Lesnar of the time, except he couldn't lift anyone. <laughs> yeah, bro, yeah, this is how much wrestling's evolved. In the 1960s, the heavy was a guy with a perm. Watch out. <laughs> and a he nicer uses guy, closed fists. Oh, no, he's pushed him over. He fell all the way down. Mm. He'll be out for months. He's reading a book to that wrestler. He'll be bored for a bit. Fire him. <laughs> Bo- books are effeminate. Come here to see a communist. Kill him. Kill him. <laughs> June 1963, uh, Vince's relationship with Chicago through Fred Kohler has completely break down because Kohler doesn't want Jim Barnett or Johnny Doyle uh, in the NWA at all. He proposed the NWA disband. He, tops, he stops paying Sam Mushnick and, uh, for appearances by Buddy Rogers and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. This leads to Chicago basically the bottom falling out because he loses access to Vince McMahon Sr.'s fucking, uh, his people's, his roster, because although Vince McMahon is not in the NWA, he is still being nicey-nice to them and will basically, if they have an enemy, in order to for him to not be their enemy, he will uh, take on who their enemies are. An enemy of Miami is my friend, you know. Yeah, but it's a McMahon, so you know that this is going to get complicated. And then it's like the enemy of my enemy is my friend in certain situations, and in other cases, actually, the friend of my enemy will become my enemy, but my enemy is now my friend because um, I don't know how to read a map. (laughs) (laughs) The enemy of a guy in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, is a fucking loser to me. I don't know. As exemplified by Vince McMahon's very much on the outs with the NWA, refuses to go to the meeting in 1963, is then suspended, which is part of his plan to get suspended so he doesn't have to be in the NWA anymore, but then moves over to being independent, then has problems with Chicago, and then moves back into having the NWA as an ally immediately, like, so quickly. And then that becomes problematic again because they won't recognize Bruno as the champion because Br- and Bruno doesn't want to be part of the NWA because Bruno is um, a giant star in the Northeast and then a terrible wrestler. And so the rest of the territories that like value athleticism are like, no, nah, fuck this fucking guy. Um, and also, this is the interesting thing. So the 60s are the beginning of the magazine boom in the U.S. All magazines are published in New York. So the WWF has a huge advantage starting here that basically goes until magazines stop being a thing is that they are always prominently displayed as a separate thing from the NWA even when they are in the NWA or any other wrestling organization purely because that's the organization the journalists know about the most because it's happening in the city that they live in, which is just a big advantage of being in New York. Why didn't all wrestling offices just have an office in New York? Stupid, stupid wrestlers. Yeah, really, though. They could have totally. But then the other thing was, I think, I I mean, this might be a bit base, but Bruno San Martino is also an Italian man. Go so on. So in most territories, yeah. in all He's their other territories. covered in Doritos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they would have just been like, why is the bad guy the good guy? Why are they trying to tell me an Italian won't steal all my tomatoes? They love tomatoes. They do so many things with it. I hate that. Whereas in uh, New York, obviously... Uh, Vince McMahon Sr. is forced to uh, basically create the first Italian character in modern media that's just a man and not in the mafia or uh, has a monkey on his shoulder and a little uh, crank box. I'm going to go one step further. The only Italian represented in media yeah. in 60 years <laughs> that doesn't ever say this, like, doesn't ever say gabagool, doesn't ever go, Ugh, like, isn't essentially a sex rat fucking moron or a criminal or both. No tracksuits. Yeah, no tracksuits. No tracksuits at all. I never even thought about that. Bruno San Martino, till his dying day, wore a full suit. And he's like, this is what I go to the track this in. This is actually something I think you'll become in the next five years. It's just a guy who wears a suit to the beach. Like, I wouldn't be surprised of if course. you really lean in hard. Because you, you're, as we all know, Dylan Gott. Here's something you need to know about Dylan Gott. He's going to give you a cream pie. Ask for consent first for cream pieage. 
loves an outfit. Loves a a well thought out outfit. Yeah, Jennifer Lopez to the Grammys. That's how I'm going to dress at all times. Which Grammys? Which year? The low cut top. The the jungle theme dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The yeah, really yeah. deep cut. And then I'm going to have hair implants, but my pubes. I'm going to get hair taken off of my the my face and put under my pubes, so you can see my huge bush. And are you just going to keep asking people? You're like, don't worry, the Amazon, the Amazon's fine. Look at my bush. Hey, don't worry, the wildfire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, try and set these wild, this forest on fire. Huh? <laughs> just show up in Australia. Ah, oh, your property's burned. Don't worry, my jungle is still growing. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put a bunch of Rogaine on my balls and see what happens. <laughs> Grows scrote hair like crazy. I'm Dylan Gott for Rogan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you want more ball hair? No? Okay. And <laughs> then the ad's just over. Are you sick and tired of your wife not having a bunch of pubes in her teeth after she gives you a ball suck? Well, I'm Dylan Gott. Yeah. I'm here to let you know, make your balls look like a scruffy man at a music festival. Hey. I'm hi. I'm John Hastings for Rogaine. Are you sick and tired of your dick and balls not looking like Alan Moore? Two Alan Moores kissing? Well, start putting Rogaine on your dick and balls. Ooh, they two Alan Moores kissing is very. It funny. looks like Santa's making out with a hobo. John Hastings has read The Watchmen, and he will not see the television show or the movie. That is semi-accurate for ethical reasons. They're not respecting Alan Moore's vision. The TV show is fucking, and it was very good. Check this out. Okay, Bruno San Martino, his stock is right. Go ahead. He's beating Killer Kowalski. Woo. He's beating Grand Mortier, Woo. The Shadow, Buddy Woo. Austin, Skull Murphy. Woo. Most of these guys sound intimidating until you get to Buddy Austin, yeah. <laughs> The Shadow. Where is he? Skull Murphy. Oh, my God. Look at him. He's terrifying. Killer Kowalski. Ah, a killer. Buddy Austin. Can I sleep on your yeah. couch? And then Bruno just beat him up. <laughs> hey, Bruno. Um... I have money. It's just the bank is closed. Can I get two bucks That's... for a bowl of soup? <laughs> <laughs> a man always keeps $2,000 in ones in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of Buddy Austin, the heel character, where just like Vince McMahon Sr. takes a huge haul off a cigar and he's like, how about a guy that stays on your couch and doesn't pay you in rent? And everyone's like, that's despicable. Yeah. First of all, who assumes a man has a couch? We're not fucking European. <laughs> Bunch of chairs. No touching in my that's house. That's where a man's... Well, the couch is where the family sits when the dad is watching television quietly. I don't have a couch. I am not a Puerto Rican. I do not hug my wife. Yeah. Here's some things you need to know about old Bruno Sammartino. Favors begin and end with lawn maintenance. I do not know two of my children's <laughs> names intentionally. I do a lot of calisthenics in the nude. I make my wife watch so she sees proper muscle development. <laughs> I've made friends by advising people on how to fix their cars. If they ask me a second time, they're an idiot. I will not be their friend. Any man who buys any type of furniture or automobile part is technically a cat in my eyes. Make it yourself. If you don't know how to make a spark plug out of bits of a lamp that you took from your mother's house because your father died, therefore you're the man of the house, you're the dad, you're not my friend. You don't deserve to live in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and then you have to fuck your mom because you're your I dad I guarantee Bruno, Bruno Sammartino bear hugged his mom so hard that his penis burst through her back. Jesus Christ. Oh, Bruno. That's a real story, by the way. We're shooting. This is a shoot interview. <laughs> Are we shooting? We're sh we're Are shoot we shoot interview. Yeah. I'm, oh, in 2020, oh, yeah. by the way, Let's it's not shoot. called shooting anymore. It's called shooting. A hard ing on it. Oh. It's really, un it's very unpleasant. Hi, everyone. Time for a shooting, shooting interview. I like that uh, all shoot interviews, if they're old guys, they're really interesting. And if it's a new guy, he's like, yeah, I mean, one time Jimmy Rave didn't get pancakes and we got, we all got pancakes. He got waffles. So we made fun yeah, of him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's uh, one time we, um, we were talking to great Kali. And he w didn't want a hamburger, and then we bought him a hamburger anyway, and then we realized, oh, it's because he's Hindu. Uh, we just beat him up. <laughs> he couldn't. That's he basically well. one of Hornswoggle's stories, is about how he ordered the great Kali a hamburger and then couldn't figure out why he didn't want to eat it. And then he did, 
and he was upset. Like it was one of those. It was one of the weirdest things ever. <laughs> so Bruno Stock obviously is a rising. This is it's completely vindicating his choice to leave the NWA. Uh, he's drawing nineteen thousand people a show to beat up whatever heel. Antonio Roca, the former tag star of the WWWF, is now left because obviously the pushing of Buddy Rogers irritated him, and now the next guy in line is Bruno San Martino, who is not him. He leaves, and for a short while is actually doing very, very well in a Queens-based uh, promotion, um, but he's being the rest of the card is being supplied by Jimmy Crockett, and he is on top, and then Jim Crockett, because the NWA says, hey, knock it off, this guy's basically doing too well, and Vince McMahon Sr. is our friend, if not even in the corporation, essentially, um, is uh, that's pulled out. And it's basically Antonio Roca versus someone who showed up because uh, they thought their car was parked here, but it's not. Do you think that, just to clarify, which Jimmy Crockett is this that was promoting at that time? Is it senior or junior? It's senior. So it's James Crockett, you disrespectful fuck. Oh, I'm so sorry. James Crockett. No, I just wanted to clarify because I just got confused for a second. I was like, holy shit, Jimmy Crockett was that young and promoting? And I was like, oh, no, it's probably his dad, you big fucking idiot. No, yeah, because remember, Jim Crockett Jr. is still alive to this day. And basically, the slow build of Crockett, that what became the entirety of the NWA in the 80s, and then Jim Crockett Sr. passes on. Jimmy Crockett Jr. takes over and gets convinced by Ric Flair that he can afford it. No, no, that's not how any of that went. Uh, he took over in the late... I mean, Jimmy Crockett definitely took over before that because he was well entrenched as the head of the NWA by the 80s. I think it was the 70s he took over, and it was Dusty Rose that convinced him to get a jet. Ric Flair does not like airplanes because I guarantee that's a place where he has to stop drinking briefly to go through security. He prefers to drive, which is why he's only one of three people to ever, quote unquote, ocean a Cadillac more than once. <laughs> <laughs> so check this shit out, baby. Did you know no, that know. Bruno San Martino no. feuds with Dr. Jerry Graham oh. because you know what? Vince McMahon Sr., much like Vince McMahon Jr., will fucking forgive anything if you can sell out a goddamn arena, baby. 100%. Ooh, what's that? You fucking punched my dad? Oh, my God. Eight people came to watch you have a trial for punching my dad. My dad is dead. You are my friend now. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, the huge, huge huge event is um, when... Bruno and Gorilla Monsoon have a feud that has uh, some real big topping gates at Madison Square Garden. He feuds with Waldo Von Erich, uh, <laughs> who's a Nazi sympathizer, not Fritz Von Erich, goddammit. Fritz Von Erich is brought in to be the, what is it, the nephew or the cousin of Waldo? But anyway, look, Waldo can move. It's Waldo, but he can move side to side. What a threat. Yeah. I. How often do you think Fritz called Vince McMahon Sr. trying to get a spot, explaining that Waldo was just the bull, like the bullshit version of him? I don't know, because there were so many. Like, Buddy Rogers... Like, v- Ric Flair was just Buddy Rogers again, because that's what he wins the nature boy name off of him. And Buddy Rogers was just Gorgeous George. So it's really just an evolution of that character. But it's just now with cable television you can't people would say oh it's too derivative of rick flair because rick flair just got too good at wrestling so that now everyone would be shitty about it if you were allowed to just make another make no mistake it'd be like the nature boy mike mizan if it was still allowed they tried to do that they had rick flair be his manager and teach him the figure four and they were going to be the nature boy the miz so um, he feuds with Gene Kaniski, and another fun thing is that Vince Sr. starts adjusting, basically, the reign of the champion, or re- sorry, the feuds by who's drawing the best with Bruno, but this does certainly cause, uh, this certainly sets out the, certainly sets out the way that Vince Jr. books everything forever because it's a... Babyface champion uh, who reigns for eight years. New heels try and fight him. They always lose. Everyone goes home. It's happy. insane that it took them eight years for this fucking pattern to become predictable. But that's the thing. Even when it dips, 
They don't fucking even break. Even when it dips. They don't, it's, it, and also, it's interesting. It's in the monsters that they get are literally the same style of monsters Hulk Hogan faced. Vince uh, and Sto- Steve Austin, by the way, similar thing, only his monsters were 90s monsters. So it's a cocky black guy and a goth dude. And like, But it's still the same thing of like, <laughs> ooh, these guys might do it. And they did it. No, they didn't. Fuck you. Like, it's basically that's it. Yeah, exactly. So, 1964, Sam Mushnick is once again the head, haha, getting head like of the AWA. I like I like you know that. what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, keep going. And even though Vince McMahon Sr. did not attend the conference, and Toots Mondet did not attend the conference, they sent a telegram saying the NWA was a great organization for the better of wrestling. And you know what? So weird. The NWA was lighted. I guarantee the NWA was like, what good chaps. And it's like they took 10 seconds and literally wrote on a piece of paper and a man then you had to sign for it and give him two bits. Well, that's the whole thing, right? They're, they're, the thing for me is that um, the NWA doesn't like the slight. It'd be like if I'd no-showed a meeting, uh, but then was like, hey, but it's like cool that you're having the meeting. And everyone here was like, isn't Dylan a great guy? It's weird. Some people can get away with that shit, though. I guess if you have... So much shit, you know what I mean? If there's just certain personalities. There's like I, we both encounter. I've encountered people that their behavior. Friend of the program, Graham K. He gets away with just mm-hmm. being a bit of a doofus, and people were like, "He pulled a Graham." Or if you and I pulled some of the stuff he's done, they'd be like, "You're disrespectful boys." <laughs> exactly. So, 1965, McMahon and Mushnick are holding talks about reunifying and presenting Bruno San Martino versus Luthez as a unification bout. Two things present the, prevent this, of course. Thez hates Toots Mondit, and uh, <laughs> Vince, uh, he did not like, so he demanded upwards of $100,000 to agree to the deal. In addition, Bruno committed family man. He didn't want to become the NWA champion. He just wanted to basically tour around New York and Pennsylvania, kicking the shit out of people taller than him, baby, because that's a real goddamn man. It's interesting, because the perspective from the NWA, if you listen to NWA wrestlers, is they all were like, the reason why Bruno stayed in New York is he couldn't hang. Because Bruno did go to Houston and Florida. Because in this time, Vincent Green Sr. had relationships with two very important territories in the U.S., the main one being the Florida Territory, which was the gold standard, one of the hottest territories in the NWA for most of the NWA run, uh, championship wrestling from Florida. The other one, he had an intense relationship with Paul Bosch in Houston. Paul Bosch in and out of the NWA. Yes. Eddie Graham, always in the NWA. Um, Bruno went to both of those places routinely and both times got booed out of the building. So as much as Bruno's like, I don't want to travel, I think it was also protecting the fucking golden goose that lays the golden eggs if you're Vince McMahon of going like no nah, we're not gonna no 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 like we're gonna we're gonna watch out for this there's no we're not gonna no yeah two years into his title reign Bruno experiences his first dip which is he beats Tarzan Tyler in front of 13,779 people at MSG. And that's night is most remembered because his belt gets stolen out of his car while he's eating. <laughs> and it's valued at $10,000, which is What's not the true. weirdest thing that's gotten stolen from you while you're eating? Mine, dignity. And, and there you virginity. go, baby. I don't know. Oh, you're eating, you're eating a sub... And you're putting it in and going, does this still count? Uh, no, how it went was I was eating a sub and then I was surprised by a vagina. Oh, yeah, yeah. Too attractive while you're eating the sub. I have that Yeah, problem. no, everyone knows that. They're good. Some people look good shirtless. Some people look good woodworking. I look really good eating a overstuffed sub. Yeah, yeah, How do you eat a sub, John? Uh, uh, vertically. Yeah. <laughs> I start in the middle of the sub. I eat, yeah, I turn the sub vertical and then I lick the center <laughs> while making eye contact with the nearest yeah, yeah. woman. I soften the soften the bread so it's easier to chew. Yeah, and I say, ooh, this is long like your fucking pussy probably. <laughs> and then they escort me out of the Did restaurant. you know that your cunt only has nerves the first three inches? Unless my dick's in there. I'll give you nerves until five inches deep. You know, they say a woman's clit's in her ass. I'll leave. (laughs) Get out of this library, Dylan! All right, I'm going. (laughs) 
here's something that I that is uh, very important, I think, and then we can take a short break. Um, Gene Kaniski becomes NWA champion. Now you're thinking, why is this important? Why? Hang on, Dylan, Dylan, hang on. I'm going to think about it. Yeah, you're right. I, why is that important? I'm glad you asked, John. Oh, good. Phew. Bruno San Martino has already beaten this guy a million times in a program. And now the NWA is supposed to be presenting the ooh, the top champion of all time. But anytime there is an interview about who would beat you, Luthez, who would Luthez beat you? And Bruno goes, oh, I don't know. I think I'd come out on top. I mean, I'm a, but Lou is a great competitor, blah, blah, blah. Bruno San Martino can literally say, I beat this guy five times. I'm better than him. So now you think about Vince McMahon Jr. and how he books everything, where as soon as a new guy comes into his promotion or came into his promotion when he was from WCW, the NWA, wherever, the guy fucking loses nine times in a row. That's because Vince wants everyone to think this guy is beneath my boys, which totally helped his dad in the mid sixties. Yeah, absolutely. And it's again, it's a, it's the continual thing that you also see with other wrestling organizations doing now that WWF will never do. Which is the WWF will never acknowledge anyone being better than them to the point that NXT will always be the stepchild within the organization because they don't play the same size of venues as SmackDown or Raw. While Ring of Honor, NWA, and AEW are acknowledging each other, this is clearly a holdover from Vince's dad of you do not acknowledge the competition, you don't. Uh, we are the only thing that exists in the world that does what we does. Anything else that does... And by the way, that thing is we make movies, according to Vince McMahon Jr. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. the only person... We make hot yeah, movies. Yeah, we make hot, clothed male porn, basically. <laughs> so we're going to take a break now, and we'll be right back with more Vince McMahon Sr. Part 3. Mm, Dylan Gott uses the N-word. We need money for lawyers. Donate to Patreon. Minimum donation, $5. Maximum donation, suck job. So, Kaniski's the champion. Bruno Sammartino has a big fat dick. It's fat. It's it's long. Everything is great in the WWF. Uh, this is also the time of people are... St- and again, the WWF is also... More and more as we move through the 60s, becoming a destination for big-time wrestlers in that you burn out in the AWA, you burn out in the NWA, you go to New York, your star rises, you become better, it's an easier schedule, and that starts drawing the um, uh, gl- the loving glance of a variety of wrestlers that we start to know and love. Of course, Gorilla Monsoon it was a perennial star of that whole area, going against being one of Bruno's perennial enemies um george the animal steel um gets a surprise count out win over bruno which launches them into a giant feud um then you through as the 70s starts to uh rear its ugly head you get fun people like cowboy bill watts Uh oh oh time oh and by the way before we get into the 70s sorry um it's great because all of Vince McMahon's enemies and allies start dialing. Fred Kohler, the man that he feuded over Chicago with, dies of a heart attack in Arizona. Um, and Toots Maud retires at 75, leaving us always to wonder what actual part he played in the rise of Vince McMahon. No one really knows what involvement Toots had in this time period. But if you look at the fact that by 1970, so one year, like, about one year after Toots is gone, um, New York actually turns around. It was probably pretty good that he left. Also, uh, what happens is for a dip in 66, what happens is the Vince McMahon's, Vince Sr.'s TV gets canceled. First it's put at midnight, put on at midnight on Sunday mornings, and then it's totally canceled, which leading to a gate of six, uh, 6,600, which is the lowest gate in seven years, and... The overexposure of Bruno Sam soon is blamed as the overexposure of Bruno San Martino. Um, but basically, it's been four years and nothing has goddamn changed. So everyone's just like, "Yeah, we get it. Bruno San Martino is going to beat someone up. They have a weird first name and then just a regular last name, such as Tank Morgan. Like it's all the same guy. No one's fucking cares. So they have to do stuff like bring George the Animal Steel in and have him beat Bruno." which is unprecedented, of course. The other thing that's important is it's also, it's he beats Bruno, but it's by count-out. Bruno's still protected. And this is, yeah, in, exactly. this is I, probably George the Animal Steel still in a mask. Like, this is George the Animal Steel 
um, by day gym teacher at a high school, by night maniac evil monster guy. Like Georgie Animal Steel was a brilliant bridge uh, as part of Vince McMahon Jr.'s um, sort of transition in that Georgie Animal Steel was kept on and protected because he was... He was essentially one of his... His dad didn't have one Undertaker like Vince McMahon Jr. did. He had a rotating sort of group of guys that were very close and sort of his locker room representative, Gorilla Monsoon being one of them, and George the Animal Steel being the other one. Also, George the Animal Steel was Bruno San Martino's favorite opponent and was able to sort of bridge the gap between Bruno and Junior in the early stages of the 80s before Bruno left and called Vince McMahon a pedophile a bunch of times on Phil Donahue. <laughs> but Bruno's still doing it. Like in 1968, 14,000 attend the final wrestling card held at the old Madison Square Garden, and the first new card gets 13,000 people, um, which was considered actually disappointing, even though Bru- and Bruno, of course, beats Bull Ramos in the main event. They start moving into having tag matches with Bruno's with Dominic Danucci, uh, him teaming with him. Basically, it was like he's only friends with goddamn Italians, all right? Yeah. He's. He sticks to what he knows. That's what you should be doing. They, their sandwiches are long, thin pieces of bread covered in sauce, as opposed to my sandwich, one piece of bread, sauce smeared on it. <laughs> um, Fred Kohler, as you mentioned, dies of a heart attack. Now, this is in very... Oh, sorry. Fred Kohler passed away of a heart attack in Arizona in 69. Toots Monnet retires, as you mentioned. But this is very, very important because after Toots Monnet passes away, um, he sells half of his shows in Capital Wrestling to Phil Zacco and the other half to Grill Monsoon, who replaces him as the vice president of the company. Yeah, imagine, and this is the why wrestling's the best. Who's the president of your country, uh, company? A fat guy that we pretend is from Manchuria, but he's actually from Long Island and he's got 10 grand in cash on him. He's always <laughs> just in case smoking. he needs to gamble. Yeah, just in case, just in case at any time he could gamble. Uh, what do you want to do, uh, Gorilla? Oh, what? A, oh, I don't know how to tell you this, but I just lost all the company's money. Betting on that a stop sign would last ten seconds. I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, I'll just go back to wrestling. Uh, could everyone, let's just welcome everyone in here and let you know the office staff is not getting a Christmas bonus because I bet against the Harlem Globetrotters, everybody. All right. <laughs> Many people think my son Joey Morella died because he fell asleep at the wheel. No, gangster enforcers ran him off the road because I spent two years betting on cricket. Didn't understand the game. Thought it involved insects. All right, back to you, Jess. <laughs> Thought it was some sort of insect race, but it wasn't. I kept betting on beetles. Turns out there's no cricket team. They didn't tell me the goddamn team wasn't named the Beatles. So Fred Kohler, dead. Tootsmont, yep. retired. Nope. Tootsmont had retired and then died immediately. Did he really? Oh, yes, of course he did. Because he's a man from the 50s. Once the they retirement... It's so interesting. In thirty years, retirement went from like, oh, he was, he didn't, he didn't get up at five in the morning and work in a mine, and now he's dead. He wore a colorful shirt. Yeah. He tried salmon, uh, called a mailbox the N word, and died more peacefully than any man <laughs> will ever know. I mean, except for the N word party, probably tried salmon, because I think the N word implies that that. This is still the time where you hated someone because they were from a different part of Europe. Oh, yeah, that's true. That would show... It's weird. Using the N-word would be a weirdly cosmopolitan thing to do. Like, he's literally... He he tried salmon. Yeah. Tried on a salmon shirt. And then, of course, called a Spaniard a goddamn Spaniard. And then he just fell asleep yeah. on his own lawn, face first dead. He beat a Yugoslavian to death for being slightly different than he was in haircut, and then yeah, yeah, and yeah. then fell asleep never to awake. <laughs> exactly. Um, 1970, New York turns around, baby. Essentially, yeah. Vince McMahon is now fully entrenched and in charge. This is Vincent Jimmy McMahon. Uh, turns it around, baby. Ivan Koloff versus Bruno. Bruno wins. And then Bruno loses. YOLO. This is some really great fucking um, building the heat. Uh, Bruno loses uh, by referee stoppage to Crusher Verdue. 
20,819 people, the highest crowd in a decade at MSG. The title not changing hands um, uh, as there was no pinfall or submission. Then 20,982 came back for the rematch Ooh, and watched Bruno win. It's fucking insane. See, this is this is what I'm this is, here's what I'm saying. This is what happens, and this is gonna sound crazy, but uh, he starts showing weakness, and uh, that's why people come. I know that sounds crazy, but sometimes when a, a good guy doesn't just loot, doesn't just win, pedigree nine, the every all, <laughs> the entire roster doesn't come out, and he pedigrees all of them. Sometimes he just fucking shows that he might, this guy might get him over, or he, that he's getting older. And uh, of course, this works. Uh, Crusher Verdue, this works on. And of course, uh, ending with the loss to Ivan Koloff in front of 21,166 fans who were all just shocked. It was basically like. They were fucking. It was fucking crazy. It was The Undertaker, Brock Lesnar again, where it was like, what just fucking happened? Yeah. Pedro Morales becomes the champion, and the first house they have is great because everyone wants to see this Ivan Koloff guy get his comeuppance, and that happens on February 8th. Now, here's my thing. Less than a month later, they put the thing on Pedro Morales. Now, it's 19... I don't I don't know anything about booking wrestling, and let alone booking wrestling in the 1970s, but it seems to little dilly... Like you would give a guy more than three days of being the champion because now you've made such a huge fucking star with him beating the champion of like 10 years. Why not have him have the title for a bit? Wrong. He's a foreign bad guy. You got to get it off of him quickly. That's good. Or um, all of the white or to quote Vincent James McMahon, regular people will be afraid that the um, the belt will contain the gene that makes it so you're sleepy in the daytime like all immigrants are, according to most <laughs> Manhattan newspapers of note at the time. So you have to get the belt off. I can't wait for No Context Wrestler Review to uh, eliminate the part of that sentence where you said, according to newspapers at the time. I mean, I don't like that you're giving him ideas. Please stop. Continue. Um, I feel like you're direct. I feel like you still are behind. No- eliminate all the clips other than that one and just have that be the clip and tweet it out. 13 times in a row. <laughs> I accidentally unplugged my headphones and didn't hear anything you just said, um, but it's something that I get to listen back That's to good. with the listener and find out what horrible shit Dylan said about me, to me, whatever. It's dyspraxia time. So here's what happens. This is uh, when Vince Sr. comes up with the method of television that his son would use for literally 25 years, which is... September 29th, 1971, uh, in Hamburg, Germany, they filmed a all-star wrestling. Gets filmed at uh, it just says Hamburg, so I'm assuming that's Hamburg Germany, but Germany. maybe it's, it's New Hamburg, Jersey. It's Hamburg, New York. I'm pretty sure. I don't think if Vince McMahon, James McMahon, wasn't going to fly Buddy Rogers to keep the fucking lie around. That's true. That's true. Everyone, no, you're right. He would have been like, uh, ooh, plane, plane costs a lot, so you guys are going to swim there. I don't want to pay, uh, and also you owe me money because of the exercise. Yeah, that's my water. Because you guys all go to that gym and you pay me, so you pay me because it's like you went to 17 gyms, so you guys are going to owe me a lot of money. That's my water you're drinking. I pay a water bill, you guys don't pay that, so you owe me money for my water bill. <laughs> so, but this is interesting because the man who thought, let's put the main event on in primetime wrestling comes up with the... Uh, the method of wrestling, which is everyone just fucking beats the shit out of everybody. That's wrestling. Like, all our stars win against, like, this guy who looks awful. But And what's brilliant about this is, at the time, this is revel-fucking-lutionary because the NWA is giving away competitive yeah. matches every week, and this one is going, look at how much more dominant our wrestlers are. Every time a collection of our wrestlers get in the ring, they always win. It's yeah. fucking yeah, spectacular. And but what's, of course, it's in classic McMahon family tradition... An idea worked once, put it in the ground, do it a hundred times. Up until this point, Vince Sr. has really evolved quite yeah, quickly. defend your precious Vince Sr. I'm Dylan. I love Vince Sr. Ooh, Jimmy, Ma- Jimmy Mac, as we call him? Yeah. Old Jimmy Macman. When Dylan goes to the uh, to McDonald's, he always orders a Jim McMahon, which he thinks is a Big Mac. Yeah. 
Uh, can I get a Jimmy Mac side of your number? <laughs> uh, I'll have a double Big Mac, no bun, no patty, only lettuce. I'll have a double Big Mac, and can you put it in your vagina? <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know how to hit on women. Yeah. Uh, finally, this is this is the final big thing that happened. So we had Bruno loses the title. All Star Wrestling starts. WWF returns to the NWA because Pedro Morales is not a doing so well. And they agree to recognize Dory Funk Jr. as the sole heavyweight title holder. And uh, this ba- and how this happens is Vince st- spoke to Sam Mushnick on the phone November 4th, 1971, agreeing to a special meeting of the NWA Board of Directors November 21st in St. Louis. There, Vince readmitted on the NWA and downgraded his heavyweight title to a regional title. And, of course, as I said, recognized Dory Funk Jr., the man's man, as the title holder. And we'll continue on part four of Vince McMahon Sr. next week, which will be... The intro- dying and the introduction of Jr. And then the saga begins. The saga that we're already on. Let me, let me get close. Let me. Can you come in here, son? Oh, yes. What is it, Dad? Feel my cock. Yeah. Hard from birth to death. Cut it off and cut it off and put it in a jar. <laughs> cut it off and put it in a jar so that Linda of yours can suck it when she wants to have a real man. I'm dead now. Ugh. Ugh. John, what's your favorite thing about Vince McMahon Sr.? Suck me. You can't say his smile. Um, haircut, man. Yep, high and tight. Yeah. Agreed. High and tight. Looks good. Smells good. Is good. I do agree because uh, Vince McMahon Jr., you can tell he runs a wrestling organization. Vince McMahon Sr. feels like he would be at home at, uh, with a painting of him hung in a rec center. Yeah. Do you ever go walk by? You do all those gigs in those weird places and there's just a bunch of paintings of people and you're like, wow, who was that guy? And you're like, that was Vince McMahon Sr. Of course it Vince was. Vince McMahon Sr. is the kind of guy that... Uh, would watch his workers' children starve to death so that he didn't have to unionize and then would donate enough money to a hospital that a wing of it would be renamed the Vince, Vincent Kennedy Mc, or Vincent James McMahon Wing for Children Not Starving to Death Hospital. Ha, ha, ha. Just kidding. <laughs> that never happened. That never happened. That never yeah. happened. <laughs> not gay. Not gay. Not gay. <laughs> the vincent not gay hospital of the not gay i'm not gay that never happened chris yeah stop being such a pussy chris well maybe you shouldn't have had such nice legs chris not gay hospital yeah anyway uh here's my favorite thing about vince McMahon senior name and bruno the champ great the most successful champ in WWF history, almost the most successful champ in WWF history because people forget this. I think we did a Funeral San Martino episode. It's been 95 years we've done this podcast, but Bruno also, towards the end of his run, headlined. He headlined in Madison Square Garden. He headlined in New York in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s because it. Towards the end of it, they're yeah, pushing and him. And Zabisco. Towards yeah, the end yeah, of it, yeah. he's in the Shield, and then he goes full Roman Reigns. The big, and now he, and then the seventies, he's the big dog, and in the eighties is, I assume, what will happen in the 19, in the twenty twenties with Roman Reigns, which is he'll have a son who will have a substance abuse problem, and uh, he'll uh, help him out. Yeah, he'll come back in the ring and then not talk to him because one time that son offered a handshake, and Bruno does not believe in contact between his bloodlines yeah. for fear that one of them could die. And the lineage would be destroyed. Sharing the same spaghetti in a big bowl is as close as a hug, son. So that's what we get. We both eat. We both eat at the same table. That's friendly enough. You chop the onions. I chop the garlic. That makes us father and son. <laughs> uh, the actual best thing about Vince McMahon Senior uh, hair number one. Uh, I'm going to say number two, and it's something I've said before. His continual political ability. To never fucking be in front of the fan when the oh, shit... Oh, buddy, this guy's Teflon. This guy's fucking amazing. And it's the one thing his son did not learn from him. Is basically Vince McMahon Jr. sees a problem coming and is like, oh, time to maneuver things so it's over here and we're fine. Vince McMahon Jr. is like, oh, that could be a problem. I know how problems work. You drive towards a problem and you hit the problem with your success and then it damages the problem. Which is like... <laughs> Look no further than the XFL. If he had not done the XFL, Vince, because Vince McMahon was literally the biggest thing. He had 
he was the biggest thing on cable for the longest amount of time. If he had not done that, things like WWE films, he would be still considered a genius marketing-wise to a lot of people. But instead, they consider him just a dumb joke because he did the XFL and network stopped meeting with him. Yeah, but it was it was WWF. Successful, obviously. XFL, World Bodybuilding Federation, Tout, um, WWE films. Like He has all oh, these in his rear view. No holds tout. barred. Oh, he, Tout. Everyone forgets about Tout, which is almost... If they would have just fucking added music in the background, you got TikTok. Anyway. So I think the worst thing about Vince McMahon Sr. during this part uh, of his career is probably how long he kept Bruno as the title holder just because you needed someone to come up. You also needed probably someone to beat him for the title um, because when it becomes clear that Bruno is going, his time has run out and we need to basically have a big big end to the storyline, um... He has nothing. He has Pedro Morales, who's good, I guess. But, like, he had... Buddy Rogers was injured. Injured? A heart attack. He was injured. Um, and he had Bruno waiting in the wings, who he was already grooming. And he had no one he was grooming when Bruno... Like, he he had eight years. He could have come up with somebody, and he just didn't. And maybe that was because he was only looking in the lens of, like, I need a new Bruno, which his son is obviously a victim of as well, where it's like, I need a new Bruno, and he sees Pedro Morales, and he thinks, okay, he's he's my new Bruno. I need a new, like, guy to bring in everyone of his nationality into the building. Um, and he doesn't see, like, maybe maybe Chief J. Strongbow was a better uh, pick because Chief J. Strongbow was really over, but, he you know, people say he was a shit worker and whatever. So maybe that's it. I don't know. I didn't watch wrestling in the late 60s. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, that that's probably my worst thing about Vince McMahon. It's weird is because uh, Vin- um, I fucked that joke up spectacularly. Worst thing about Vince McMahon is how he treated everyone in his life and at this point had just left his family to be raised by a bunch of horrible people that his wife met who clearly had some sort of mental disorder. And it created a perfect sociopath and a nice man named Rod. Ladies and gentlemen, for the rest of the review, my name is John Hastings. I have to leave to go do yoga now. That's right. Daddy's getting fit. So he can lick clit. John is going to do suck his own dick practice. My name is Dylan Gott. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, I'm going to do all the things now. John, what do you have to promote? Soho. Other things. Just follow me on Twitter. But come see me at Soho Theater, Feb 68th. Buy my tickets to the Melbourne Comedy Festival, the Canberra Comedy Festival, and the Brisbane Comedy Festival. Everyone eat my penis and lick my dick. You can get all of the information on John Hastings' whereabouts at the John Hastings on Twitter, Adam on Twitter at the John Hastings. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, our Twitter is at Wrestler Review, at Wrestler Review on Twitter and Instagram, the Wrestler Review Podcast on Facebook. You can join us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Wrestler Review, patreon.com backslash Wrestler Review. We'll have the what is it? Idiamine episode out? Who is it? The Great, Great Power, Power Udi. Not Idiamine. Jesus <laughs> Christ. We should just do a profile of Idiamine if he was a wrestler. Um, and you can get me on Twitter at Dylan Gott, D Y L A N G O, double up that T, because I love those T T's. Know what I'm saying? Thanks so much for listening, guys. I love you. John loves you. Get into bed with us. We're under the covers. What's going to happen? A bunch of silly Tickling. stuff. Tickling. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs>